Welcome everybody to the Healing Place Podcast. This is your host, Terry Welbrock, and just wanted to take a second to thank you for being here and a part of this healing space, for liking, sharing, commenting on videos, and uh, yes, just helping this show continue to grow. Had our best month ever in October, so excited about that. Almost doubled September's downloads, um, which is just incredible. And the show's been on the air for over four years, four years and three months. Started in July of 2017. And last month's downloads accounted for over 11% of total downloads over all of that time. So it just, just absolutely blossomed. And I have you to thank for it. Um, so many people saying, hey, I was talking about the Healing Place podcast and told this friend to listen in. Or, hey, I have somebody who's experiencing some severe grief and so um, yes can you tell me what show to they need to listen to so it's just been wonderful and I just wanted to say thank you um, again a reminder to go to academy.terrywalbrock.com tell folks I have online courses and coaching available thanks now for the show Welcome, everybody, to the Healing Place podcast. I'm your host, Terry Welbrock, and so thrilled to have with me today, Lise DeGeer. She is a clinical psychologist, blogger for Psychology Today, and award, award-winning author, recently received uh, two awards on her memoirs. So welcome, Lise. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm so glad to be with you. Absolutely. And I'm I'm excited to talk about, well, one, your beautiful story of triumph, your the work you're doing in the world, this book, and uh, thriving. I think those are, we'll start with those. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. So yeah, so tell everyone a little bit about uh, who you are and what you do. Great. So yes, I'm a clinical psychologist, and that's been my day job for many years now my doctorate in psychology. Uh, but last year, I published my memoir, which is called Flashback Girl. And that's the story of my childhood as a, a childhood burn survivor. I was in a terrible fire when I was four years old that was accidentally and carelessly set by my mother, who then left me in that fire. So by the time my dad was able to reach me and rescue me, I was, uh, I had lost my bottom lip, my chin, my neck, my face was fused to my chest, my arms refused to my side, and I was 65% burned third degree, which back in 1967 was very hard to survive, but I did. And so my story starts there, with this horrible accident and um, recovering physically. And then it moves into emotional recovering, which is a big part of uh, anything that we go through physically. And then it moves into psychological issues with my family, which we can get into that too. But that's my story. And I, I've been out there trying to let people know about it and trying to spread the message of the story, which is essentially people can go through very hard things, very traumatic, multiple trauma lives and still turn out to have a beautiful life in the end because that's what happened to me. And that's what this book is about. 
Wonderful. And wow, I just so beautiful. And well, thank you for sharing your story, number one. Um, and two, using your your pain and your trauma to then turn it around to use it as inspiration for others to say, no matter what you've been through, you can get through this. Right. It is entirely possible to yeah. be what I used to be, which was, you know, definitely the most pathetic child you'd ever seen. And I'm really not exaggerating. I was at the time. And it's possible to go from being that to having a wonderful life. And I'm not saying that that happens quickly because it took me decades. Yeah. And it was really hard. And I was in a lot of therapy and I had to work very, very hard, but it is possible. You know, there's hope if you're if you're willing to work at it and if you can get some help and if you get a little luck, there's hope. Yes. Oh, always hope. Yeah. It's like an underlying theme of everything I do. <laughs> my, my newsletter is hope for healing newsletter. So yeah, I mean, truly it's, uh, it's just such an integral part of, of the healing process. So yeah, I agree. Well, and you just didn't experience um, the physical pain but but the bullying and and so forth that happened as a result of your injuries yeah so when I was injured again this is in 1967 and I was four and then and then I went to school you know after I got out of the hospital I went to public school in New Jersey and at that time there was no discussion about bullying as being oh, like something you shouldn't do. <laughs> you know, there really wasn't any discussion about bullying at all. I mean, I don't know how old you are or how old your listeners are, but back when I was a child, you know, basically what you were told if you were bullied was um, that phrase sticks and stones may break my bones, right. but will never hurt me. And they would just sort of tell you that, like, so just get through it, you know? And I was, terribly bullied. I was taunted. I, I had, you know, people running past me going, yuck, as I walked to school. And this happened to me like a lot. So it was horrible. And um, I'm so glad that, you know, bullying is much more effectively addressed these days, but there's still plenty of kids who are bullied. And again, you know, the my message here is that, yeah, you too can be that girl on the block that everybody's making fun of. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Hashtag never give up. <laughs> <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I was so, I just got so mesmerized by your story. Like I, I was there, I was there in the playground. I was there with you and um, yeah. And I had a question pop in my head and then it popped back out. Oh, so, but one of the things I had read was too, that you um, waited like until you were 50 to start sharing your story until you um, wrote your book and you wanted your family of origin to no longer be alive. Yes. Yeah, I I did not start writing my memoir, even though I really had these 50 years of a pretty extraordinary life. Um, I used I used to Terry, I used to read memoirs and I'd be like, ah, nope, my story's more extraordinary than that, or nope, nope, nope. There there was 
a couple memoirs that I read, I'm like, okay, we're, we're, I'm with you there. But most of the time I read memoirs and thought, no, my story is more extreme. But I didn't want to write it until my parents had both passed away. And that's because unfortunately, my, my parents and very much in particular, my mother, uh, were not able to be good parents to me uh, or to my brother who died young. And, you know, sometimes people are not able to be good parents. Right. They're not equipped emotionally. They don't have it to give. I don't think, I'm entirely sure that my mother never meant me harm. Um, I'm entirely sure that my father meant to be a great dad, though that's what they wanted to be, but they were not. They weren't protective. They weren't there for me. They weren't particularly supportive. There was a lot that went wrong. And I wanted to be able to tell my story truthfully. And I also didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. So I waited until they passed away. And literally three months, no, three weeks after I buried my mother, I started writing this book. Wow. And that's so, I, I so relate to it. And I've talked about it on the show before because I've said I've been writing my memoir for, it's a teaching memoir and I've been writing it for seven years now. And my mom uh, is 85. My dad's, my dad's deceased, but my mom's 85 and she's coming up in July next month on two years sober. She finally quit drinking at 83. And I'm just like, Oh my God, I'm so proud of you, Bob. Like you're a rock star. And so someone had asked me, one of my previous podcast guests asked me recently, um, so why aren't you finishing the book? And then we had a little chat and then she said, I think I know why. I think it's because your mom is still alive. And I said, oh my gosh, I really like, I journaled on it and thought about it. And I said, you know what? I think you're right. I think it's that, um, I don't want to be the trigger for her. Like, should she read my book <laughs> to, to go back to drinking? But not that I can take on that shoulder, that responsibility, but I, I just didn't want to do that. Um, but she keeps giving me the thumbs up and my mom and saying, put it out there, Terry. Cause I'm like, mom, it's all our ugly truths. <laughs> and she's like, do it. Yeah. So, yeah. We'll I was very, very mindful in writing this book that um, I the people's names who I use that are their names are the people who are the heroes of the book. And there's actually a lot of heroes of the book, like people who were just wonderful. And those names I use. And the people who weren't wonderful, I changed their names or, you know, disguised it so that, or, yeah. you know, presented it in such a way that, that, that they would not have that fall on them. Because I think, you know, life is hard enough. And <laughs> right. Right. I wouldn't want to show up as the villain in somebody else's memoir, would you? I mean, no, no, (laughs) (laughs) no, not at all. So now I know resilience is a big part of um, trauma, trauma recovery, ACEs, healing, all of that. So do you, do you know what your, like what helped you with your resilience? Yeah. So it's, it's, I'll just take a step back and say that. Um, so the book is called Flashback Girl, and the subtitle is Lessons on Resilience oh. from a Burn Survivor. That's actually in the title of the book. And when I titled the book, it was before 2020. So 
you know, I didn't really have any clue and who could that this book with lessons on resilience was going to come out in the year of 2020 when sort of everybody needed lessons on resilience. You know, I, I, there wasn't anybody who didn't. Right. Right. Um, and I, I talk about resilience. I give presentations and, and, and stuff like that. And there's different ways that um, I, I talk about it. You know, some is through my own personal story and, and uh, some of the things that I'm, I'm sharing with people about, about that. And some of it's a little bit more um, academic, I guess, because there are things that we know from the research and resilience that can help people develop that quality more. Um, there are aspects of resilience that we can't control, you know, genetic stuff right. and um, economic resources that absolutely contribute to resilience. You know, if you have access to good medical care or you have access to a good therapist or you live in a safe neighborhood where you don't have to worry about violence, I mean, that's going to help you. But there are things that we could work that everyone regardless of who you are or where you are or what you have can work on in terms of the resilient mindset. And the resilient mindset, I feel like I'm talking too long, but I'll just finish this part in the- No, I love it, please. Okay. The resilient mindset, I developed a little handy kind of shorthand for it. It's goals plus M&M. And that the G is for gratitude, O is for optimism, a is for active coping, L is for love, S is for social skills, and M and M is for meaning making. And that's the resilient mindset. And you know, we can go into any of that if you like, but I, I love presenting that to people because those are skills we can work on. Yeah. I'm well, I'm a huge acronym fan anyway. So <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. And um, now what was G again? Gratitude. Gratitude. Well, I again, I, I talk about it so often. I mean, living a life of gratitude is just uh, another huge part of that healing component. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I'm sure that, you know, when you talk about it, you, you talk about, like, why? I mean, it seems like it's just so nice. Like, oh, let's be grateful. Like, of course, that's a nice thing to be. But it's more than just a nice thing to be because it, it shifts our mindset. It affects our health. Um, it relaxes us. Um, it enables us to focus on what's good in our life as opposed to the problems. And when you're noticing what's good, we feel better. So it's actually super powerful gratitude. And all of those things that I mentioned actually are. Yeah. Well, you said you said the word shift as shift came in. I was about to say a shift happens because truly living that life, it's amazing how much more you notice and you're mindful of when you look through a lens of gratitude. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the um, examples that I often give when I, when I speak is that, you know, I told you this tragic story about this fire and my mother and my, my burns, and everything that I went through. And, and all of that is 100% true. Other aspects of it are that we happened to be on vacation fairly near the best burn hospital in the country at the time, Mass General. Wow. And I happened to be assigned 
one of the best plastic surgeons for burns in the world, Dr. John Constable, may he rest in peace. And then I happened to be picked up as one of the very first Shriners Burns kids that they had. So I got all my medical care, thanks to the Shriners for free. So when I tell you those aspects of my story, which are also 100% true, starts to seem still hard, but not like so like 100% grim, right? There were a lot of blessings that were given to me too. I am grateful for those. And it changes the story and how it sounds to you and definitely to me as I tell it. And that's gratitude. Yeah. Yeah. It's finding those, uh, uh, those, the light within the darkness, like the, yes, those moments of, well, yeah, I, I, I don't know why I'm stumbling today, man. I'm like, can't come up with my words. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway. I'm, good. I'm, I'm just happy to talk to you. <laughs> you know, and another thing that I talk, um, have talked about recently is the gratitude with the pandemic, which yeah. I, I know last year, I was never so grateful for my health and my house in my whole life as I was that year. Every year I woke up, I'm, I mean, every, every day I woke up, I'm like, I'm healthy. I've got a house. I can move around. You know, these things that you just kind of take for granted. Right? Yeah, right. Well, and it truly is take for granted because uh, we had recently moved to Hilton Head Island mid-pandemic. <laughs> and so, oh my gosh, like, again, I, I, I understand because I would ride my bike in this beautiful island filled by all of this nature and beauty. And I couldn't help, like it was just radiating out of me to gratitude of the gift that I had to, uh, to be here. Yeah. 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 And right. again, which is, which is healing in itself. So. Right. It's soothing. It's settling. Yeah. 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 And two, that mindfulness component of it, of just, again, being just here in the now. And I know pe- with trauma history, there can be um, a worry of the future or anger, regret, shame, guilt of the past and, and instead of being here in this present moment. Right, right. One of the um, one of the things that happens towards the end of my book is a moment in which I just experience a very profound healing. And um, and and the words are and 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 with that I felt released into the present. Oh my gosh, you made my head tingle. Yeah, yeah. 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 Wow. Which I think a lot of trauma survivors need, right? Yeah. At least into the life that they're having now, as opposed to everything they've been through and the worries that those set up for us, you know, will life always be like that? And, right. and maybe when you're a trauma survivor, actually your life is pretty good, but it's hard to even notice it because of, of all the pain. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, beautiful. Wow. So one of the things we chatted about for just a second before coming on air was the word thrive. Do you want to touch upon that at all? Mm, Yeah. Well, we we were talking about that because you're, you're, was it a presentation you're developing? Is that right? Well, I did. Yeah. Three online courses. And one of them is the surviving to thriving course yeah yeah which which I was saying I think is such a brilliant title yeah yeah I you know 
thriving is very different from just surviving, right? And I, I know that when we're going through trauma, we're a very hard thing. Actually, all you can do in the moment is survive it and keep going and, you know, try to get some sleep and eat and, you know, try to just take care of yourself as you make it through things. But in the long run, we don't want to just make it through life. We want to actually have a good one. Yeah. Yeah. And once you get to that point where you, you really have moved past the surviving part, oh my gosh, just again, it's just the life opens up and um, it's just a beautiful place to be, to be able to reach that point of, of being able to thrive and live and enjoy. Well, I tell people so often um, when I share my story of hope is that uh again, and we've talked about this, is no matter what you've been through, you can reach this beautiful place of living a life filled with joy and tranquility, even if you're still on the healing journey, even if you're still, because it's not necessarily you reach this place of healing and then it's done and everything's better, but it's a continuous journey. We're always learning and uh, things may resurface. A trigger may come up, whatever, but you can still be in this place of joy and tranquility. Right. It's possible. Um, you know, I'm always careful when I, when I talk the kind of conversation that we're having now to sort of back up and say, it is possible, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen like that or that it's going to happen mm -hmm. soon or that it isn't going to be hard to get there, right? I I, I have a really great life now. Um, I've been in therapy for many, many years. I worked on this hard yeah. and uh, it wasn't easy. So for people who might be listening saying, well, I don't have that, or uh, I was like, okay, yeah, I didn't have that for a long time either. Sometimes it, it's going to take a lot of, work yeah i mean and i tell people the same thing you have to put in the work you have to right you you're responsible for your your journey and um i, I tell my son uh my oldest uh he's doing some healing work himself and so we have i have these great deep conversations and um he's doing emdr and i had done emdr and such a great therapy and um I, so I said to him, you know, everyone's on their own healing journey, John. So you just be patient with yourself, be gentle with yourself, because your pace is not going to be someone else's pace. It's not my pace. It's not. And so, yeah, but you have to do, you have to get on that path and do the work. Yeah. 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 One of the most healing things that happened to me, you know, aside from, you know, therapy and stuff was when I had children of my own, that made a huge difference to me. Uh, because I had lost pretty much my whole family for various tragic reasons, which I won't go into, but that's part of the book is, is what happened to my family yeah. as I, as I grew up. And so having, starting a family of my own and having the chance to feel a part of something again, that was huge. That was really huge. Yeah. Beautiful. So is there anything else that you wanted to touch upon that we hadn't had a chance to talk about yet? Hmm. 
You know, I, I think I have really laid it all out there in this book that I wrote. And some people have said like, well, that is a pretty honest book. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say that a couple things about that. I have laid it all out there, first of all, because if you're a burn survivor, you're already out there in a way that other people aren't because you're scarred. People can see that. Right. Some people already know there's something else going on with this person. So one, I'm a little bit used to laying it all out there. And two, I really think that we're in a time right now in our society where people are kind of, you know, positioning themselves on social media and just saying like the best thing that, you know, this happened to me and that happened to me. And they're not saying like, I'm depressed or I'm having a hard time or I can't stand this person. There, nobody's laying that out. Right. And so I think a lot of us wind up with the feeling like I'm the only one who's suffering. I'm the only one who's having a hard time. I'm the only one who's got a lot of stuff to work through. And it's just not true. No, I think actually life is really hard. I do. Yeah. yeah. And, and if your life isn't hard now, I'm sorry to say at some point it will be. So I think that honest stories about hardship and struggle and recovery and strength and resilience are really necessary. A lot of my readers wind up buying this book for five more people because we all need that story. So anyway. Yes. Why I, told I say amen and hallelujah because, um, yeah, in sharing our truths, those souls, those soul connections happen and those and, and, and you help someone feel not so all alone, which is what you just said. And I love what a gift that is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. So now how do people connect with you? How do they find the book? Great. Thank you for asking. So there's, um, first of all, the book is, the book is, you could find it on Amazon or, or barnesandnoble.com. And it's an audio book too. And the, the title of the book, if you just search for it is Flashback Girl. Uh, and also you can connect with me on my website. It's um, Lise DeGear. I'll, I'll spell that. Yes. <laughs> L-I-S-E-D-E-G-U-I-R-E, lisedegear.com. And uh, you can learn more about it and more about me. You can see some videos about it. And I will say I write a, a bi-weekly blog on topics pertaining to resilience. And that's just free and out there for anyone to enjoy. So if you want to learn a little bit more about resilience and stories about resilience from me and other authors too, you could check that out too. Wonderful. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for joining me here today and yes, sharing your story and helping others along their healing journey. Thank you for having me, Terry. I really, really appreciate the time and, and thank you for connecting with me. Absolutely. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us today on the Healing Place podcast. And remember, until next time, be gentle with yourself. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. Terry Welbrock again. Just wanted to thank you for listening to the episode today and remind you to visit my website as well as the Academy 
www.terrywellbrock.com for the courses. But if you go to my website, terrywellbrock.com, you can sign up for my monthly Hope for Healing newsletter, which is also jam-packed with information and strategies and blog pieces and guest blog pieces and links to shows um, and just a great space for, uh, again, healing and hope strategies. Thanks for, again, being here and being a part of this healing space. I very much appreciate you. All right. Bye-bye.